Hello, everyone. I'm Jamie DiPolo, Senior Editor at BreastCancer.org. Welcome to our podcast. Kaya Woody is co-founder and executive director of Jack's Caregiver Coalition, a community of men who are cancer caregivers. Kaya believes that one of the biggest and most important challenges a man can face in his lifetime is engaging as a caregiver for a loved one with a serious disease such as cancer. Kaya believes that every man has the potential to rise to that challenge and be his boldest and most confident self. Reflecting on his experience as a primary caregiver for his spouse who was diagnosed with metastatic colon cancer, he realized the principles of excellence and sound teamwork that he preached in his professional career should have been applied at home in his caregiving experience, which is why he helped found Jax in 2014 to improve the way men think, feel, and act in their role as cancer caregivers. Kyle, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Jamie. It's an honor to be here. I'm excited. To start, let's uh, give folks a little bit of background. How did you first hear about the concept of Jax and meet the other co-founders? And then why did you decide to get involved? Well, that's a great question. I I would say I'm the founder. So the, the idea, the spark um, originated in my, in my brain. Um, so that's how I found out about it. And, and, um, you know, it, it's been a while and, and Jack, right. Who, when I go places and I talk to folks, people are saying, are you Jack? And I said, no, I'm Kyle. And it'd probably be weird to name a nonprofit after yourself. So that would be weird. Um, but Jack was, Jack was a man whose message was serve the caregiver. He I was the first one to receive his message. Um, some friends came to serve us in a really, really tough time, and and we were we were gonna do all these things. We had all this agenda for stuff for them to do during the week, and they sat me down across the table and said, "We're here to serve you." And I said, "I don't get it. You know, I'm I'm not sick. <laughs> I don't have cancer. You know, she's the one." that needs to be served. And so they had asked Jack, what, what do we do for a family that's really going through a crisis like this? And he had lost his loved one to cancer. And so he knew from experience, um, that, that far too often the caregivers are overlooked by not only the medical community, but just society at large. And so that was his message. And I was the first to receive it. And so when that service came to me, and that message, I just, it took me a while. You know, us guys, we're a little slow. It takes, takes things a while to, to click, but it eventually clicked. And the power of that message and its simplicity and that I had this burning desire to pay it forward. So found someone else to serve that was in a similar situation. And his the service for him looked totally different. Um, but he and I started talking and and I said, you know, we really don't see anything out there like this uh, that currently exists. Uh, so many terrific, great nonprofits with incredible missions, but largely they are run by women. Um, and largely women uh, are a part of their missions, more actively engaging. And and so for us guys, it's a bit of a challenge uh, to feel comfortable and, you know, we'll take our our wife to this place to do these things uh we'll bring our kids you know and then we go do other things and 
Um, so we we just uh, we said, you know, we're going to fix that. We're going to create a community, a place for for men. Um, it's it's not necessarily of or just men. Um, there are just as many women on our volunteer teams as men, um, but but it's for them. It's designed for them. It is the things that they would want to do. That that's our programming. Jack then. There, when he, when you heard his message, there was no formal organization. No, it was it was being done on a much smaller, more one-on-one basis. Yep, just friends of family, um, you know, and and yeah, it was there was no in twenty. So that was twenty twelve, when that conversation took place, and and twenty fourteen is when Jacks itself was actually when the three of us uh, co-founded the actual organization. Is Jack himself involved with your organization? <laughs> He's not, and I've never actually met him, uh, which is also weird. Uh, he he was a friend of our friend, so, you know, removed. And I almost kind of prefer it that way. I kind of like, he's this, this sort of godlike creature that lives somewhere out in the ether and i think that's kind of fun um it will be interesting to meet him someday um and hopefully he's doing well if if he ever hears this i hope which is the best for him but you know he 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 represents all the men who uh came before myself and and our founders and him you know that for far too long they've not had uh, a community. They've not had a place to go. You know, I tell people when my spouse was diagnosed on the eve of Thanksgiving, um, she had on the phone with her Thanksgiving day, uh, a colorectal surgeon that put her mind at ease. You know, he said, Hey, if this tumor had been in your rectum, this would be a whole nother ball game. So this is great news. You know, it's, <laughs> it's still a, it's still a, a total crisis, but you know, here's the good news kind of thing. And so that was within 24 hours, you know, and, and I tell people I went the better part of three years before anybody and I, before there was ever really community, this feeling of like, okay, I have a place to go. There's, there's someone to that that's here for me. And, um, so that's, you know, our vision is, is that and that that vision is largely realized here in the Twin Cities. Our promise to these guys is within 24 hours you will get a response from us. Um, they largely don't reach out to us. It's usually the the women in their lives that are saying, "Hey, we, we really want you to help out this gentleman." And uh, but but that's our promise is that right away you know you're gonna you're gonna find uh, support. And we don't say support because guys don't like that word. Um, but but we're gonna we're here for you and and whatever that looks like. And um, so that that's just that's what it that's what it's all about is providing that that um, that place that comfort. Um, we we get it. And so a lot of times you don't you don't have to talk about anything at all in in our groups because that's. That's the under, the shared understanding. It's not unlike the breast cancer community, you know, when when they when these women and men come together with breast cancer, it's they they get it. 
they've been there. They've done that. And um, caregivers have a, a similar but also very unique experience with cancer. Um, we've, we've had uh, a lot of interesting requests from people coming to our events or, or our programs and different, you know, different caregiving perspectives, um, such as I'm my own caregiver. I don't have a caregiver. So we go back to the drawing board and say, okay, this is a new one. You know, what do we, what do we do with this? And ultimately on that particular issue, we decided, you know, that's not, that's not, uh, who our community is for. Um, because it's very unique in that we aren't physically sick, you know, um, but we psychologically experience the disease still. Um, and the funny thing is, you know, your brain doesn't really know the difference between psychological and physical pain to your brain. It's, it's largely the same. And so, um, you know, we have to make those tough decisions about the caregiving community, the slice of, of people who, who play that role in their life is so big. There are, um, according to, to AARP, there's 16 million men in the United States, just men. Um, and they're only 40% of, of the, the pie um, that are playing this role. And um, so, the, you know, that's organizational leadership. Those are the tough decisions we have to make. But we decided we want to take a slice of this pie and crush it. Like, do it really well, you know. Let's not, let's not spread ourselves and our resources too thin. Um, but when we, we will connect those people with the other organizations, you know, there's so many others that are so good at so many things, um, like having, uh, having, uh, licensed professional mental health people on their staff. We do not. We're just guys who have been there. We don't have degrees. We don't have any of that stuff. Um, and largely when we tell guys that they're like, Oh, thank God, you know, <laughs> I, I didn't want somebody trying to like figure me out and, and fix me. And, um, but, but there are unfortunately times where that's exactly what they need. And, and we connect them to those, those folks in our community because they're there, they're doing great work. And, um, but that isn't who we are. We're very transparent about that. Do you think that men who are caregivers face different stresses than women who are caregivers? And if so, what what are some of those differences? That's a good question. You know, I think initially my gut reaction is no because it's it's the same the same uh, tactical things that are done, the same experiences men or women or whatever, you're a human going through this, I, I think our response is different, you know, and, and I don't really like to put people in these buckets that are, it's never that simple, right? Um, but I think, I think also it is, it is true that it might be slightly different because um, a lot of the men, and this is my own story, uh, are the primary breadwinners of their household. Um, and so the stress to keep that ball in the air, um, is, is, I don't think it's more important. I just think it's different. Um, obviously women work just as hard in the, 
in the household arguably harder because I've done some of that with my boys and holy smokes. Um, but yeah, so I think it's, it's kind of like anything. Yes. Yes. It's different. And yes, it's the same. Um, but, I, but our response to it is different for sure. Um, what, so I'm not a, I'm not a professional, but I do read a lot of crap on the internet that probably isn't true. Um, and some stuff that I've read talks about men and, and, you know, this testosterone, um, thing where it's this fight or flight type of thing. And, um, that's tends to be the male response to stress. And what I'm seeing more and more is flight. So, um, and in my career, it took me a long time to realize this, but I was coaching men who were running large construction projects. So, and every one of them, it starts to get in a bind, this project, and the pressure starts to build, the deadline approaches, and everyone starts freaking out. Um, and so when the men start freaking out, what that looks like is retreat and isolate. So they 10-hour days turn into 12, and then it's 15, and then it's 20, and pretty soon they're not going home, or they are, but they're bringing their work with them. Um, and they're just going to grind through it and get it done, one foot in front of the other. Um, whereas what I see in women is more to tend and befriend, you know, reach out and connect and build a team. And, you know, and uh, so I, I think it's it's the same stressor, you know, back to your question, fundamentally, but our men, our response is different. And so what we're hoping for is yeah, maybe fight isn't the right word. Um, but engage, you know, really lean into this thing and, um, let's not pretend it's going to go away or, um, wish it away or, or try to work it away alone. Um, we've, we've seen statistics, 78% of men who are caregivers report having no help. And so wrap your head around that, um, you know, what's going on there, right? And that, I think it's that that flight thing it's grind it um till you find it and you know it doesn't work when when guys come to me and and uh, ask for advice i tell them you can do this alone but you're gonna suck at it and if that's what you're after you know you're you're striving to be mediocre then knock yourself out um but we're not we're not here to blow smoke up your butt and tell you this is going to be easy um, but you can't do it alone. And if you do, you're not only letting yourself down, you're letting your whole family down. Uh, cause there's a lot of people that want to engage. They need you to be a leader, not a doer necessarily. Um, so yeah, I don't know where, how we got on all that, but I went down some rabbit holes. No, it's good to know too, because I think what you're saying has been echoed by some of the people on our discussion boards where they say, you know, my husband won't ask for help. Um, he seems very isolated. I don't know what to do. So yeah, I think it's helpful just to know that that's not a unique situation and that yeah, not at all. men can be helped in that way. Now, do you think that people who are cancer caregivers have unique stresses, say, compared to somebody to people who are are caring 
for loved ones with other diseases that are not cancer? Yeah, good question. I, I think I, I don't know. You know, I don't know what I don't know about um, Parkinson's or Alzheimer's. You know, I can speculate about um, these diseases having unique uh, challenges. Um, but I think largely when you kind of strip it all away, you know, what we're dealing with often. And so in the cancer world, what I see most is it's this asteroid hitting your earth kind of moment, you know, when the diagnosis comes and you're, so it's a, it, the challenge is largely change, you know, change on so many levels. And so some people are, are quick to adapt to change and uh, others not so much. Um, and so I, when I look at the other disease communities and, and I've not done a lot of that, but I think some of them are much slower, sort of they sneak up on you and, you know, the the symptoms progress slowly over years and decades. And, and so then the change challenge isn't as, as intense, um, but it's chronic, you know, it's these long-term things. And, you know, <clears throat> I think my heart hurts the most for just thinking of the Alzheimer's community and um, the mental, the mental health world that is, you know, it's, it's not a math thing. It doesn't make sense. You know, there's no, um, there's no cure for those things. And, and, uh, so, so surely those folks have, um, maybe not tougher challenges, but just different. And, but I think you strip it all away for caregivers. You're dealing with a lot of the same, um, fundamental things that they need to do and, and awarenesses that they need to have that, that transcend the disease, uh, so to speak. So let's talk about some of the programs that your organization offers. Can you give us some examples? I can. Uh, um, so w the question we ask ourselves is, what would guys want to do? And then that's what our programming largely is. Um, so we there's this, I don't know if everyone's noticed, but there's what we call it the experience economy that's out there. It's just stuff to do. Um, and it's everywhere and there's more and more of it every day. And so we just connect our men to that economy. Uh, we had one, one guy say, you know, Jax is just really essential to, to, to take the logistical reins and get us together. You know, we do that logistical work, we, which is not complicated. We set the date, we set the time and we tell, you know, we get the word out and people come. Um, uh, you know, one of the guys said, you know, when men just aren't as good at activating relationships as, as women are, you know, we'll, we'll kind of sit back and wait for someone to tell us when and where to be, and then we'll decide whether or not we're going to do that. But we're not very proactive, um, in, in activating those relationships. So that's what Jax does. And, and so examples, <clears throat> so meet the workshop, meet, M-E-A-T. So a man class about your favorite part of the food pyramid. <laughs> <laughs> and so we, we bring in uh, from the University of Minnesota, a man who has a PhD in meat. Is he a butcher? Is it butchering? He is a, uh, uh, an academic. Um, he, he is the science of, of raising 
uh, bovine and and all of the things that end up in the grocery stores. Um, the guy knows more about meat than probably uh, there's probably I don't know a hundred people on the planet that know as much as he does, and he was hilarious and um, excited to share his knowledge with us. And so we brought the guys in. We we learn. We do a tour of the of the facility and um, ask him questions and and. Uh, and then we go and have a beer afterwards. No meat snacks. No, no meat snacks. They get to take. They did get to take meat home, and that's a good idea for next year uh, to provide some slum gems or something. Um, but yeah, so that's an example. But also axe throwing, um, axe throwing workshops. We've done a lot of fishing, hunting. You know those things that are that's kind of especially up here in Minnesota, very outdoor culture in the summer. You know we. When summers are brief, so we get all that we can. And um, but you know it goes on and on. We're touring Paisley Park this month, which is where Prince hung out, and uh, Prince is a big deal up here, and so we're all excited about that. That's so cool. Yeah, and then we're excited, to, uh, looking forward to uh, Super Bowl 2019. We'll be carving Vince Lombardi trophies out of ice with chainsaws. Oh wow! Yes, it's that's just kind of a you know. So so what's going on there? It's like we want guys to want to do this stuff, and um, and uh, let's be honest. And uh, we have a lot of great community partners um, that are, like I said, largely run by women. And I'm hearing from them more and more. They're like, we wish we could come to your events. <laughs> so it's it's not just guys that enjoy doing this stuff. Um, um, but it is, you know, it's got to be pretty, you know, for the for the people that we serve, they're dealing with a lot. And and we said, you know, a mediocre get together, which is kind of where we started in in 2015. It was well, let's just get together at coffee shops. Like, well, that doesn't get them out of the house and out of their situation. And what's easier for them is to keep putting one foot in front of the other. Um, and you know, it's hard for guys to come to these events when they're new. Um, you know, that's scary. And so we've we've solved that by creating extraordinary experiences. You know, we do have more regular meetings that aren't uh, as expensive or flashy, um, but those those big. Um, so we we did extreme sandbox in October. We crushed a car with a giant machinery. Um, it, it's a cool thing. It was on shark tank, the guy that started this, but, um, you know, we're playing with, with heavy equipment. Um, and it, it, the guys just absolutely loved it. And we spray painted cancer onto the car before we smashed it up. We not only smashed it with, uh, with, uh, giant hydraulic machines, but also bats. Um, you know, it was, Call it what you want, but I call that uh, therapy. Yeah, cathartic. I'm sure it was very cathartic. Extremely. Also a little frightening uh, watching what what these guys did to the car. Um, so, But it was very safe. We had all the safety equipment. and um, So, yeah, that's kind of a taste of it. But we also do a very specific thing differently, which is we call Jack to Jack. And that's kind of how we started. So when I met Justin... That was just he and I in, in, a, in a place, right? Um, and, and so for a lot of men, that's, that's a lot better, especially in the early stages, because coming into a group setting can be 
really tough on people, especially with social anxieties. And so Jack to Jack, you know, there's a ton of peer to peer uh, Emmerman's Angels and those types of organizations that already exist. And um, I'm, we are we're in the stages of deciding because ours is very, uh, you know, people like to say organic, which basically means nobody's really working on it. Um, we just, hey, this guy lives in this part of town. This is his, you know, she's stage two breast cancer. That's let's find a guy in our network that that to team him up with and let them go just hang out. Um, I think in the future that is going to look a little different in that, you know, there'll be some videos uh, for for the coaches or the instructors to watch and to help help give them clarity that they know they're doing a good job when they when they mentor somebody. But I think, you know, and, and I've heard that that may be the single most um, impactful thing that we do um, as an organization is just matching these guys up and you know a lot of times we meet at our events and then we tell them like hey you know get each other's names and numbers and and you don't need jacks to go grab a beer with somebody just just do it um so but there's you know that's that's really i could talk about some other things but i think the core of it is we bring these men together and our hospitality is is what does that and then together they get better they they share lessons learned, you know, they, they, it's just incredible the amount of, um, I tell people learning is a social phenomenon. It's not, it, for a lot of guys, myself, especially, I, I can read a book, um, that gives me information, but, but really learning is, is social often. And so the, the, the learning that takes place in these, in these events, it's impossible to measure, um, but it's it's huge. Jax is based in Minnesota. Yes. So I'm assuming that most of the people that you're serving are also in Minnesota. Can somebody be part of Jax or work with Jax if they don't live in Minnesota? That's a great question. You know, we're we do have a team that's starting up uh, in a, in Austin, Texas. Um, they've decided to affiliate with us um, and. We've, we're in conversations with some other folks that want to bring our vision and mission to their geographic community. Um, and, you know, we tell them all the same thing, like it's going to take strong leadership. Um, and we challenge them because usually the people that are the most passionate are the ones with the least capacity, you know, to, to do stuff, which is, is, um, is a challenge. And um, so we take it slow and, um, and we tell them, hey, this is how we, the group in Austin, we said, you don't need a website and all that stuff to start getting your group together and start, just have a barbecue, you know, go hang out and shoot the shit. Like, that's not, that's kind of what we do anyways. And if, if that starts to pick up steam, then, you know, and you want some more formality around it, you want, you want to say your jacks and then, then we'll talk after that. Um, so um, that we do have <clears throat> some things that we're looking at um, next month is Family Caregiver Awareness Month, and we're going to be doing some uh, pod uh, not, well podcasts are coming too, um, but Twitter chats where uh, hashtag Men Who Care. Um, so we'll be inviting organizations like yourselves 
to have a national conversation around um, this this uh, thing called men that that are caregivers um, and and some things like that you know that are just more media based and really sparking um, our our mission is to inspire people to reconsider what men are capable of um, and so we're doing that in a number of ways but I think your question was specifically about you know Daryl and Atlanta. Right. Somebody who's listening to this podcast in, you know, Ohio or California and is thinking, oh, wow, that would really help me. Is there something for that guy there? Yeah, I, w I would say, you know, reach out to us uh, through our website and um, and you will you will have access to me and we will talk, um, you know, kick things around like, you know, brainstorm. Um, we want we want to inspire people to act and do things to start to mobilize um, they're jacks. And, um, that doesn't necessarily mean we, we end up having a presence there. Uh, but it could. And, um, we, what we want most of all is for them to, to start engaging as caregivers and really leaning into it and starting to wrap their heads around, um, how important it is what they're doing. To close out, are there a few things that you would want men who are cancer caregivers to know if somebody, as you said, the asteroid has hit the planet and, you know, everything's happening really fast and things are changing. What are some things you'd want that person to know, that man to know? Yeah. So <clears throat> the newbies, we call them the, the newly enlisted. Um, number one is, well, it's a very specific thing is we have a blog post written about this. Uh, we call it the beginner's creed. And so it's a very short uh, read, um, but it, it's, it's going to help you kind of set the stage for, for the emotional um, challenges that are coming your way about being a beginner and what it is to tackle something, especially as an adult that is brand new to you. Um, you know, all these words that are thrown, you, you're asked to become a medical expert overnight. Um, so that's one thing um, for the newbies, and 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 newbie or not, you know, a lot of the guys that we come into contact with have been doing this for a long time. Um, you know, cancer in so many situations has become a chronic, long-term, new normal thing. Um, so there's no no end in sight, and um, and I think even for them, it's uh, appreciate what you're doing. You need to learn to appreciate what it is that this role is. You know, you, you have all these different roles you play. You're, you're a uh, employee. You're a son, a father, a brother, um, and and a husband, and all these things. But now, now there's this other one, um, and there is very specific things um, and challenges that you need to learn to appreciate. A story I tell is my spouse. She would get. Uh, on a Wednesday infused and come home and largely be uh, unconscious for better part of three days. And I realized later I wasn't unconscious that whole time. You know, I was experiencing all of that. Um, and that doesn't mean my experience is easier or, or better or anything. It just I didn't appreciate how hard that was for me. To watch her get in and out of bed, see the bones in her ribs, um, you know, Auschwitz kind of flashbulb memory stuff, 
that was very traumatic. Um, so most of these guys are experiencing that kind of stuff that is very psychologically uh, um, challenging and 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 being stoic and shutting down and sort of just wishing that stuff away isn't isn't appreciating what you're doing, um, the magnitude of it. So that's number one, appreciate what you're doing. Um, another thing is we, we believe it's a team sport. And so what we see a lot of these guys doing is running the ball on every play. You know, they're, it's like, okay, you're a football team and that's how you're planning to win is you take the ball and run it up the middle every play. Um, you're going to get crushed. Um, so who's on your team? What roles do they play or what roles should they be playing? You know, you need to think in terms of being that coach or that quarterback that's designing the plays and um, and not necessarily executing them. Um, so there, but I've heard so many interesting things from our guys about that. You know, there's one guy, he says, uh, I asked my friend to play the check in on me once a week role. So he just, he says, text me every week and just ask me what I need. And depending on what's going on that day of the week, it might be, hey, I need you to run to the grocery store for me. Um, it might be just, hey, come hang out and let's grill on the deck tonight, you know. Um, but he's very specific in his instruction to his team about what their role is and what he needs them to do. And the cool part is about that, the people love that. They love that clarity, you know. I can imagine because so many people, I hear this a lot, so many people want to help, but they don't know what to do. Right, right. And if you can tell them what to do, it helps you and it makes the person doing the helping feel really good. Absolutely. And that's, you know, they 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 are loved ones. They want to be on the team. And when you are making it all about you, uh, you're robbing them of that opportunity. Um, so they'll do whatever, they'll bring the casserole, the 50th casserole um, that you're stuffing into your freezer somewhere. And you know, um, I, it's, it's um, help sometimes is telling people what not to do uh, is another thing, you know. So stop with the casseroles. Um, I need you to help me out by stopping with the casseroles. That is help. Um, or, you know, no more lizard tea recipes. Like stop with the lizard tea um, you know, but having the courage to step up and take control of, you know, is part of when you engage as a caregiver and become that strong leader um, that your your um, your survivor or caregiver, as I call them sometimes, um, is needs. They need that strong leader that every man has the potential to be. Um, and so, yeah, it's it's uh, and and you. You've tapped into something there, Jamie, with uh, the people that want to help. Um, and is is kind of another point I wanted to make about awkwardness. Um, when we come into this new world, um, <clears throat> the social norms that everybody uh, goes through life with, you know, have a nice weekend. Um, suddenly that doesn't work anymore. You know, it's like, oh, I'm going to tell Jamie to have a nice weekend, but she's going through breast cancer treatment. I'm pretty sure it's going to suck. So I don't know what to say. Uh, so a lot of times I just won't say anything or um, or I'll ask, how is Jamie doing or or what what does Jamie need? You know, how can I help? 
right? I'm looking for that way to help. Um, but you strip all that down, you get to this thing that's the social norms are are um, no longer apply to people in this world. And so what do you do with that? I think what you do with that is you start calling it awkward and move on. So stop trying to feel socially normal separates. Let go of the pursuit of that feeling um, and just call it out like it is with your loved one to say, hey, it's awkward. I get that, dad or mom or whoever. Like, stop. Let's just move past that, you know, and let's start solving problems together. But it's it's such a – I see people wrestle with this, this awkward thing for far too long um, and trying to hang on to – to their old life and, um, and hoping, you know, and, and, and everyone's journey is different. Uh, there's no, these aren't universal truths by any means. Um, but those are kind of some simple ideas that I think could really, really help people, um, just become more, uh, again, back to our mission, improving the way these men think, feel and act and, and acting being maybe the most important of those three um, cause if you want ideal results, you need to have ideal behaviors. And so those are, that's kind of the behavior part is what we like to focus on. Like what, what can you do, um, differently, um, to help, help you get better outcomes. All those points are, are very smart and, and very good advice. Kyle, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate your insights. Awesome. It's been a pleasure. Thank you.